Hello from Los Angeles, and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is Michael Benner, your host for the next 20 minutes or so. The Ageless Wisdom Mystery School is heard every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast and 18 hours universal. And is followed by a premium training at 10.30 for those who enroll and you can do that at the agelesswisdom.com. After the W's, theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and then premium training. And you can sign up in literally 60 seconds. The thank you page will have the URL and the password that you need to join us live. Or you can come back and listen to the replay on demand at your convenience. Today's topic is the path of the heart. What is the path of the heart? Well, we know the phrase, your heart's desire. I think we're probably familiar with the countless stories and myths about people who have had dreams that they have pursued and their dreams came true. It's one of the great romances of life, this idea that even though it may be contradictory to what your head is telling you or your brain, in other words, your logic or your reasoning or rational thinking, that often the heart has its own desire. It has its own intentions that are different from what logic or reasoning or cognition might suggest is in your best interest. And it's people that pursue that passion, that longing, that have the greatest adventures. And yeah, maybe there is tragedy involved. I would be the first to admit at the top of the program here today that following your heart does not always lead to 100% happiness and that there never are difficulties along the way. That's the whole idea of an adventure, is that there's good parts and then there's the difficult parts. But as every great storyteller knows, there is an incredible feeling that goes with conquering the adversity. And so you can play it safe and look for some level of comfort in your life. I remember a few years ago, I challenged one of my private clients and asked him what he thought his purpose or goal in life was. What's your goal? And he said, to be comfortable. And I felt sort of sad for the guy. And I tried to provoke him a little bit in a kind and supportive way to consider that maybe being comfortable wasn't the most fulfilling and rewarding end of life to lead. But that's what he wanted. He just pretty much wanted to play it safe and be comfortable. And that's okay. That's his choice. I'm not going to put him down for that. But that may not work for you. You may want some adventure, some excitement. Only last night, cruising through Netflix, I found a movie that came out last year in 2012 called Kantiki. And 
I had to watch it because as a boy in the 50s, I read the book about Thor Heyerdahl and his raft trip from Peru and South America across 5,000 miles of ocean to Tahiti to prove that Polynesian people did not come, at least in part, from Asia after all, that perhaps they came from the east, perhaps they floated there on balsa wood rafts from Peru, the great Inca dynasties of Peru and South America. And of course, he was successful using no modern technology, just balsa wood rafts lashed together with ropes and uh, bamboo. And sure enough, though it took over a hundred days to do it, they did it. And it was a good movie, by the way. And uh, a great book. I remember reading the book as a boy. It was an incredible adventure. It may have been part of the reason I ended up living in Hawaii for five years before returning to Los Angeles a little over a year ago. There were these tales, these adventures of the South Pacific that I'd read about even as a child, not only in Kantiki, but in other books. The South Pacific just always beckoned to me. I grew up in Michigan. I always wanted to be where there were palm trees <laughs> and no snow to shovel. Well, my trip to California in the 70s in a van with my cat and my girlfriend and a little bit of furniture. We had no job. We had nothing waiting for us in California. That was the pursuit of a dream. That was a grand adventure. And California's been very good to me, this Michigan boy. And so, too, my adventures in Hawaii with my wife and the story I saw last night about Kantiki, which was much more bold than our adventure of moving to Hawaii. But still, you know, I have lots of family that's pretty much played it safe, and they're still back in the Midwest. And, you know, I'm not criticizing that or putting it down. That's what they want. That makes them happy. But they're much more conservative. And I guess they have their own dreams that they pursue, I think, there's other kinds of dreams besides travel and adventure in that sense. Perhaps your dream is to have an advanced degree, to go to college, maybe be the very first person in your family or one of a handful of people to acquire a higher education, to go from blue collar to white collar, for example. Maybe that's your dream. Maybe your heart's desire is a particular kind of a relationship and not settling for just anybody that comes along, but actually go out into the world and do your best to discover and develop the kind of, well, romantic relationships, but also friendships with people who fulfill you and for whom you find the relationship rewarding. Whatever your heart's desire may be, the question often comes up, do I follow my head or my heart when the two clash? And I guess you can imagine that I would not be doing this program if I didn't think that 
there was a particular quality of intelligence in the heart that's not really available to the head. I think the head is very reasonable, very rational, you know, very logical, very balanced, and considering all of your options, it's a much more conservative approach to use your thoughts, your mental nature, so to speak. But to be in touch with that other source of wisdom, the heart, to be aware of the desires of the heart and the longing of the heart, and to take that risk, well, I've used the word adventure, I'll use it again. I think that is a bold adventure, to venture forth, to have an adventure. Ad is sort of a pronoun from the Latin meaning to move away from, to venture forth, to go out into the world and new and unknown and perhaps even risky and unreasonable ways. Even if it's not all good and all sunshine and roses, the adversity and the challenges and the trials along the way can often be very rewarding. We need to remember, I think, if we're going to pursue our heart's desire and chase those dreams and expect them to come true, that the coming true is the adventure. It's the journey. We set goals not to get there so much as to create an adventure along the way. You've heard it countless times, but I think it bears repeating and some reflection to consider that the most important part of setting the goal is to determine a direction to move in. But it's not the getting there, the destination or the arrival of your desired outcome or result that's the big reward. The big reward is the day-by-day challenges and surmounting those challenges such that at the end of that goal, when you do arrive, or at the end of your life, when you look back, you can at least say, well, I know the joy and the challenges, the richness of the adventure, and I'll never have to worry about the burden of wondering what my life would have been like had I done it, had I taken those chances. I don't know about you, certainly, but I suspect that since you're listening to this webinar and perhaps this podcast, that you share the understanding that I have. I mean, I just don't want to, at the end of my life, spend any time at all looking back with regret at what I did not do and what I did not try. I want to be able to say, well, for good or bad, happy or sad, for all the peaks and valleys, the highs and lows, at least I did it, at least I tried. And I won't have to spend very much time at all reflecting on what I wanted to do but never took the time to do, or what I wanted to do but was never willing to risk doing. You know what I'm saying? I want to at least go for it. 
And that usually means choosing the heart over the head, even though your mind may be saying, oh, play it safe, that's too risky. What'll happen if this occurs? Or what'll you do if this happens? And instead, just saying, well, for some reason, there is an urge or a longing within me that I'm going to honor. I mean, you're not pulling this out of thin air. The heart is, in a sense, a center of cognition. It is a center of awareness. It is not unlike a second brain. And it does have wisdom. There's no question about it. The heart sends more information to the brain than it receives. And I'd have you consider that. The very signal that beats the heart originates within the heart. The brain doesn't run the heart. The heart's rather independent, at least as a pump of blood, but I'm talking about it as an organ of awareness that goes beyond being a blood pump. And again, consider the research that shows the heart sending more information to the brain than the brain ever sends to the heart. What is the heart telling the brain? And do I mean the organ, or is there a kind of a magnetic energy field around the heart? A chakra, so to speak, using Eastern terminology and the art and science of yoga, a very important chakra, the fourth, which is the center of the seven three above and three below, and the center or the middle is a point of integration of the three above and the three below. So the number four in seven is always the center of anything. The middle of the number three, similarly, look at the um, Trinity, for example, in Christianity and the importance of love or the Christos, the nature of Jesus as the son of spirit and matter, a soul, so to speak, that is at once spirit and matter, for it shares the ground of divinity of its source, and yet it incarnates into physical form. And so that quality of being both the first and the third, the polarities, was sort of like the magnetic field around the bar magnet unifying what might otherwise be opposites into one whole thing. The middle of the heart, very important, very powerful, esoterically, in terms of a wisdom, a longing a calling to grow, to be more, to not perhaps play it so safe, but to move out into the world and take some risks and have some adventures. This is the nature of the path of the heart. Now, if we're going to talk about desire, we really need to point out that in Eastern philosophy, particularly in Buddhism, we're taught that 
In fact, in the very first of the Four Noble Truths, we're taught that life is suffering, and in the second Noble Truth, it's understood that the reason for all suffering in life is our refusal to accept life, but instead a desire for it to be other than it is, to change it. My feeling about this is that this needs to be understood not as a warning to refuse desire, to turn your back on all desiring and accept everything. My understanding of these first two noble truths in Buddhism is merely to be aware that if you are going to desire, refuse to accept, but want to modify or change or improve or attain or accomplish something in your life, to start a project or to have a grand adventure, understand that there's a price to pay. I I think this is misunderstood in the East and especially in the West by people who would have us accept everything exactly as it is, to be mindful all the time that everything is exactly perfect, exactly the way it is, and we should just quietly meditate our lives away. Well, I'm certainly one who promotes meditation, and I think there's enormous value in accepting that life is basically perfect the way it is. But we are also living beings with desires and with longing, with dreams, and I don't think that's an accident. I think it's wonderful that we have accomplished so many good things. And, of course, because we haven't been too mindful of the consequences, in many cases we've created some horrible things as well. But as we grow, evolve, unfold, we can modify those values as well and turn our attention to repairing some of the damage that we've done. And that, too, is a desire on the higher turn of the spiral. So my understanding, and this is just my understanding, I'm not saying that people who disagree with me on this are wrong, but I believe if we recognize when we seek to attain something, to pursue a dream, to allow ourselves to follow our heart's desire, that if we know that there's going to be a price to pay for that, if we're willing to experience the highs and the lows and solve the problems that come up along the way without pitying ourselves or seeking sympathy or asking why me, then why not? (laughs) Why not? There will be a price to pay for pursuing your heart's desire. And if we walk the middle path, if we are balanced, if we are appropriate, if we are moderate, in our view, that's a, a Greek concept, an ancient Greek concept of moderation 
in all things, but it's not unlike the middle way of Eastern philosophy, the idea of equanimity and being balanced and centered and conscious and aware. And with our eyes fully open, if we step forward into desire, knowing that there will be consequences, then why not pursue our dreams? I think the rewards are extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Some not so good, perhaps, but that's the nature of life. It can't be all dessert. Sometimes you have to eat some rasty-tasting vegetables, you know, and some fibers and things that are good for you but may not be so pleasing to your palate. And so it is with life itself. Close your eyes for just a second. Take a slow, deep breath and relax. And recognize how natural dreaming really is. Yes, of course, your mind wanders. But as you continue to relax and take a few more slow, deep breaths, I'd like to suggest that you move your awareness from the wandering mind down into your body to that center in the rib cage, the area of the heart, and feel your passion. Consider your dreams, your heart's desire, and your longing as a path of personal unfoldment, a path of accelerated growth. Where does that path lead? What is it you've always wanted to do? In what areas of your life are you holding yourself back? Where is it that you feel stuck? And are you willing to consider that what you've been calling stuck may actually be holding on? And are you willing to let go and hold on no longer? To let go and step forward directly into what may cause you some anxiety, make you a little bit nervous, or even scare you. Maybe you're even willing to call it fear. And you scan the horizon for this fear, for this apprehension, and this nervousness. And when you find it, you move directly toward it, reminding yourself that the only way out is through. For it's fear that guides us and instructs us, that shows us what we do not know. And to understand it, we must face it. Take a breath, and as you exhale directly into your fear, your stress, your apprehension, move forward. Move forward directly into what makes you nervous or frightens you. That you may know the unknown, 
and transmute your fear to understanding or what the ancients called evil into goodness. Step forward. Take a chance. For on the other side of that fear is your heart's desire, your dreams come true. And the rewards of being an agent of transmutation, one who consciously, purposefully, deliberately seeks out what you do not understand so that you may understand it. Follow the path of the heart and realize your heart's desire. Make it real. Inhale another slow, deep breath through the nose. Hold as you peek, and now as you exhale, ah. Open your eyes, wide awake, alert, rested, refreshed, back in the room, feeling fine, even better than before. And thanks a lot for being with us. If you're live on this Sunday, November 17th, consider joining us for the premium training in just a few minutes. You can enroll if you haven't already at our website, the w's.theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and premium training. And once you enroll, the thank you page will give you the URL address and the password you need to join us live or by replay on demand whenever it's more convenient for you. This free forum is podcast, by the way, through the iTunes store and other major podcast directories on the internet. Thanks a lot for being with us. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from LA.